Hello, Marvelites! You're listening to This Week in Marvel, episode number 567, and I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Agent M. I'm Lorraine Sink. And I'm James Monroe Iglehart. So glad to be on the show this week. Hi, guys! We're complete again! (laughs) We we cornered you, we put a bag over your head, we threw you in a van, we dragged you into your own recording studio, and we said, damn it, James, we need you this week. And I came freely, didn't even complain. I was like, oh, they're kidnapping me. This is fun. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, kidnapping also includes like snacks and a puppy to pet. It it was a lot of water. It was great. We couldn't have D23 week without you, though, Mr. Disney himself. (laughs) So come on, come through. Of course, we're not just going to be talking about Disney. We are the official Marvel podcast where we talk about everything that's happening this week in Marvel from games, comics, movies, TV, or whatever we are excited about. This week, we are going to be talking about D23 Expo 2022, particularly what's going on with Marvel games and, and have some really fun guests. But before we get into that, James, what the hell have you been up to lately? Uh, A lot, actually. I've got some wonderful cartoons that come out next year, which I'm very happy about. I can say that I am very excited to be going to uh, the Kennedy Center in Washington, D.C. from October 7th through the 16th to play Nathan Detroit in the classic musical Guys and Dolls with some awesome people. Steven Pasquale, if you love that guy's voice, and his beautiful wife, Philippa Sue, you would know her as the original Eliza in Hamilton, and as well as my dear friend and Tony Award winner of the same year, Miss Jessie Mueller, you'll know her from Beautiful as well as Waitress, written by Sarah Bareilles. Shout out to Sarah Bareilles, just saw you in Into the Woods, you're amazing. Sorry for all the name drops, but these are the things that are happening and the wonderful Broadway <laughs> people I get to work with. Also, let's just say I just turned 48 very recently. Oh, that's right. So happy birthday. Am, hey, thank happy you. Belated. I still am tripped out that I'm closer to 50, but, you know, <laughs> I feel pretty good. I can still I can still do the splits in a cartwheel. <laughs> <laughs> We're so glad to have you back. It's the perfect time for you to be here because yes. D23 Expo is going on as we speak. Yes. And Ryan, Agent Empanagos, is there mm-hmm. right now. Hopefully everybody is catching up with everything that's going on over on marvel.com or the d23 expo site and a whole slew of marvel games announcements just came in so you're really going to want to stay tuned for our exclusive interview later in the show for all of the behind the scenes details yeah the d23 expo presented by visa is the largest disney fan event in the world have either of you been i shockingly have not especially as a straight up disney adult (laughs) (laughs) i got to perform there one year we did our disney broadway thing and then i got to perform for danny elfman for the legends award and i sang oogie boogie for danny elfman which was awesome that was the same year that George Lucas was there, and I won't lie, to watch C-3PO, R2-D2, and BB-8 roll or walk onto the stage, I was kind of in tears because they walked past me. I was backstage. I was like, it's a real drive. <laughs> Just lost it. This year, Chadwick Boseman was honored as a Disney legend, joining Stan Lee, Jack Kirby, and others who made their mark with Marvel and beyond. So far, Marvel Games is the first big Marvel experience that is out there. So we're going to go in-depth on these later in the show with Eric Monticelli and Bill Roseman from Marvel Games. But, you know, we're talking about Red Hulk joining Marvel Strike Force. We've got a bit of a reveal for a brand new Marvel game, the the game that a lot of people are excited about coming from Skydance Media and um, Amy Hennig, who we've, we've talked about a bit on the show. She's incredible. And this looks really great. If you haven't seen it yet, we'll give you a full breakdown later. We got a little bit more info on the release 
the date, a new trailer for Marvel Snap, talking a little bit, seeing a little bit new stuff for Marvel's Midnight Suns, and getting a brand new reveal for Marvel World of Heroes, the new game from Marvel Games and Niantic. So a little bit of uh, you can walk around the world and experience Marvel in a way you never have before. Oh, that oh boy. I played a lot of Pokemon Go in my time, so I'm very excited for a Niantic game because... Man, I spent a lot of time crushing Pokemons into candy in my day. Yeah, and more people are going to miss their bus stops and trains. Oh, it's so real. For it's so real. real. That's just a little bit the game stuff, of course, but there will be more. We we wanted to hold this episode a teeny bit for a little bit later on Friday to include this Marvel Games news, but uh, producer Isabel and myself we will be putting together a bonus episode to release after the event that we're recording during the event to give everybody the full rundown. So stay tuned for that. We'll try to get it to you as quickly as possible. And of course, keep checking Marvel.com and Marvel social pages over the weekend and into next week for all the updates. And I will be in all the big panels live tweeting. I love your live tweeting, actually. It's good because I get all my information. It's fast. It's right there. I don't have to wait because I'm I'm impatient. So I hate like waiting to the end of the day to find out what's going on. I go, oh, yeah, Ryan's giving. That's good. That's perfect. (laughs) Also this week, we had Disney Plus Day, September 8th. And there's a whole bunch of stuff that happened in celebration of Disney Plus Day. James, what happened? I am that guy who wasn't able to go to the theater, so I am so happy because finally I got to see Marvel Studios' Thor, Love, and Thunder and is now available to stream on Disney+. And it's fabulous! And Marvel (laughs) Studios' Thor, Love, and Thunder joins 15 other Marvel Cinematic Universe movies now streaming and IMAX Enhanced on Disney+. With IMAX Enhanced, subscribers can enjoy IMAX Expanded Aspect Ratio at home, which provides up to 26% more picture for an immersive viewing experience. I'm telling you, this IMAX enhanced experience is so doggone cool. Also, Marvel Studios Assembled, The Making of Thor, Love and Thunder is now available to stream. It is wonderful to watch, just like all of the other Marvel Studios Assembled. I love those backstage. The making of a series are so cool. Plus, tons of other updates from across the other Disney brands. You definitely want to get over to Disney Plus because I'm telling you, the stuff you're about to see is going to blow your mind. James, what are you in on Disney Plus? You're in the Tangled show, right? I am in Rapunzel's Tangled Adventures. I am also in Vampirina. You're in Vampirina? Yes, I'm in Catherine Vampirina. Catherine loves I, Vampirina. I play Oscar is a singing bust, so a wonderful statue that comes to life. He must be a historical tour guide. And so I have this wonderful song called I Have Something to Say. And also, just recently, I was in Alice's Wonderland Bakery, and I play a wonderful singing onion, along with my friend Mandy Gonzalez, who plays the rose in the cartoon. So you can find me there. Nice. You know, Ryan, I know you just mentioned that Chad Bozeman received a Disney Legends Award at D23 Expo, but also Chadwick won the Emmy for Outstanding Character Voiceover Performance at the Creative Arts Emmys that were just this past weekend for his performance in Marvel Studios' What If. I highly recommend going over and watching that wonderful episode over on Disney+. Plus. If you have not yet, it's just Great. Yes, ma'am. Super excellent. Um, also, congratulations are in order to the sound editing team for Marvel Studios Moon Knight, who won an Emmy Award for Outstanding Sound Editing for a limited or anthology series movie and or special. So congrats to Marvel Studios on that wonderful series. They obviously have done some really fabulous work over on that series, which you can also watch all episodes of now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. 
Y'all, one of the things we talked about for a while here on the show is the Secret Cinema presents Marvel Studios' Guardians of the Galaxy, The Experience, a really cool project that is happening in London and the UK, and it's actually kicking off really soon. And Lorraine, we got to talk to the people behind it. Wow, nice. Yeah, we got to talk to you creative directors Justin Audibert and Lucy Ridley about the project, which is sort of an immersive theater experience all about Marvel Studios' Guardians of the Galaxy. So let's listen to that conversation right now. Hi, really nice to talk to you, Lorraine and Ryan. How are you guys doing? Doing terrific. We wanted to talk to y'all about Secret Cinema and getting into some fun Guardians of the Galaxy stuff. But can you first tell us, what is Secret Cinema? That's a big question. It's a massive it's question. It's a massive question. What is Secret Cinema? So Secret Cinema specialize in immersive experiences. We are world builders. We create the world of the film. And then we invite the audience to come and play and participate and be a part of that world. So they become characters and they make up the world as well as our actors. It's a full 360 environment where people can live out and be and become the heart of their most favorite and cherished story. Now, Secret Cinema presents Marvel Studios' Guardians of the Galaxy, The Experience. What makes it an experience? What makes it different than just going to see the film normally? Basically, we are creating a new narrative. And that new narrative, we have, as Lucy said before, professional actors who kind of drive that narrative. And it's a Guardians-related narrative where you see known characters from the films made real, (laughs) made flesh. But the, the really exciting part is that the audience also get to be part of that world. So in this, our audience, because it's Guardians of the Galaxy, our audience, the audience vessel is they are ravagers. So you are going to leave your shed, your Terran skin, and travel with us to the galaxy of Andromeda and step into the kind of recognizable parts of the Guardians universe. And then you get to play in that world in a kind of in various different ways. And, you know, obviously that involves lots of the known characters from the films, the Guardians themselves, but it also involves Yondu and other people like that as well. Could you give us some examples of someone who comes to experience this, what they would experience in doing this? So before they even come to the show, they have been kind of brought into the world by the kind of pre-narrative website. And in that, they get to generate a character for themselves who, like I said, we've got six Ravager clans and they will get to be one of these Ravager clans. And then they are given like a colour and a costume and some backstory. So we're hoping they come with that sense of play. And then the invitation is you then arrive and, for example, maybe Kraglin sends you to try and find something in world. Or maybe you help Gamora to achieve a goal that she's got in the world or Maybe you get to have an adventure that involves the collector. So basically, you get to be a part of and be alongside these kind of absolutely iconic characters. And you get to aid them, support them. Sometimes you get to hinder them or play tricks with them. And it's all about a kind of playful environment of you getting to like feel like you are really living in this part of the MCU. I imagine that it's really fun. I hope people are getting dressed up and into the experience and playing along with the actors and performers that are there. But you know, you're both creative directors on the experience. How do you put together this kind of show or theatrical experience or event? We go into development for a period of months 
and we work with a lot of amazingly talented people, set designers, lighting designers, video designers, and then we work with researchers and a phenomenal team of producers to kind of realise and bring everything to life. In collaboration, mm. obviously, with Marvel and Disney, like in continual conversation with them. And as Lucia said, yeah, that's the kind of pre-planning stage. And then we then work with another wider team of people, choreographer, fight director, circus director, and, you know, that's to, like, make the thing become flesh. So I suppose there's, like, conceptualising and then the kind of rehearsal process of then, like, getting in. And, of course, the magic is the performers, like, and what they do. You know, they really embody these characters, like the Yondus, the Collectors, the Quills, the Gamoras, but also characters that we, in collaboration with Marvel, create who would fit in the Ravager world. And they might be taken from like a tiny moment in the film where you see someone's image and then we expand out like from that and create their character fully. It's been really fun to go on a journey with the team at Marvel of like, okay, this person we saw here, can we use them? Can we like grow them out? How do you feel about them having this? How do you feel about their personality being this way or that way? And we just keep expanding that out, you know, and keep feeding that into a kind of overarching story that we work out, Lucy and myself, and then with this team at Marvel. You've created other cool secret worlds. What are some of the previous ones that you've created? Yeah, we've done so many, actually. I think we've done like 70 70 worlds over the last 12 years. And yeah, we just recently did Stranger Things. So that was the first time we stepped into the TV format. And that went down really, really well, was well received. And then we've done things like Star Wars, um, Blade Runner, Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet, and Moulin Rouge. So yeah, really mixed bag of films. But also some like Miller's Crossing and Battle for Algiers, like... You know, that you wouldn't necessarily, you know, obviously this world is so rich and playful and fun and the kind of sci-fi ones are. But also 28 Days Later, like that's another one, you know, where you can, it's always about the audience being the central part of the experience. So like it wouldn't happen without the audience being there. And they've got to be, and they love doing it, willing to come and play. Some people just walk around and they love being in the sets and all that kind of stuff. But overwhelmingly... People love giving that sense that they are there and they are utterly kind of vital to the whole experience happening. And that's certainly true on this experience. Like, don't know what would happen to the galaxy if the audience weren't there. It's so fun. I love these kinds of experiences because, you know, I feel like a child when I walk into them, like you're exported to this other world and you just get to get wrapped up in the story. You know, I think the Guardians of the Galaxy sort of world and fiction feels so fun and different and i'm sure that it's absolutely amazing if folks are in london in in the area and they want to come out or if maybe they want to hop the pond and and go across where can they see the show and how do they get tickets the location for the show is in wembley www.secretcinema.org is the place to buy your tickets the show runs from wednesday to sunday so there's no shows mondays and tuesdays it's worth saying that but there are shows wednesday thursday friday saturday and sunday two shows on saturday and sunday and we're running until november and it's also worth saying that on saturday the matinee is a 12 plus show the other shows are 18 plus, but the Saturday matinee is a 12 plus show. And the 12 plus audience play really hard 
um, and it's super, super fun. But it's worth saying that that's a really great thing. Very cool. For our listeners, if anyone out there goes, I know we have some listeners in the UK, please let us know. Hit us up on Twitter and, and the email. And we want to hear about it. We want to see. We want to know your experiences. But uh, we want to thank you two for coming on. We are super jealous because we're here in the States and we can't experience it right now. But we're excited for so many other Marvel fans to be a part of it. Thank you. Good luck with the secret cinema. Who knows, Ryan and Lorraine, maybe we will get to come to the States. <gasps> I love a good tease. We like it. Okay, now that was really cool. That's that's the kind of thing I love. I mean, first of all, there's something about like immersive theater. I mean, God, I'm a theater guy, guys. So this is the kind of thing that I would love to do. So you put theater and Marvel together, plus it's Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, I, I we how how do we all get to London? Let's let's make this happen. Yeah, very very cool. Also really cool this week. Marvel Studios She-Hulk Attorney at Law because episode four is out now only on Disney+. And this one is... It's it, so good. So good. I remember, <laughs> Lorraine, you texted me oh right my after God. you watched this talking about the character reveal, the new character in the MCU <laughs> that is blowing people away. Madison, She's an icon. Oh my God. She is the best. This is an absolutely epic episode. We got magic. We've got She-Hulk heroing up a little bit. We got the return of Wong. It's so good. God dang, this episode is so funny. This series was personally made for me. It's like I just said, hey, could I have a She-Hulk series? And they were like, this is what Lorraine would like. I'm like, yes, this is what Lorraine likes. Hulk is very close to my heart, and so is She-Hulk, yeah. very close to my heart. And I really wanted them to do her justice, and I knew that Tatiana would be amazing. She's one of the best actresses out there. Mm -hmm. But then to watch what they've done with the show, not only is it got so much heart, but also to be so funny, but also just the action is great. So I was like, I'm thoroughly enjoying this. I've always enjoyed the Marvel Studios series on Disney+, Plus, but this one makes me very happy. But of course, like Ryan said, Marvel Studios She-Hulk Attorney at Law has new episodes on Thursdays. Watch it only on Disney+, Plus because it's the best. But speaking of things you've got to have, we've got some Marvel must-haves. <gasps> new Marvel must-haves from episode three available. I'm talking things like t-shirts, mega emojis by 100% soft and more. You can go to marvel.com slash must-haves, and they have all kinds of things that you are going to want to have, especially as you step into, you know, going to like New York Comic Con, want to have your swag on. So get over there to marvel.com slash must-haves so you can have your stuff so people know that they should have it because you have it. Come on, let's get with it. Yeah. Yeah, Look yeah. good, feel good, hang out with us. But also fun, the Marvel Multiverse role-playing game is super awesome. And it's received a game update for the playtest rulebook. If you haven't gotten an opportunity to play it yet, you can pick it up at your local comic shop on Amazon, Roll20, and Demiplane. They've come out with an updated rule set. The thing that's really cool about this game is that, you know, they put out the play test so that people could play test it and see how it works and offer feedback. If you are playing the game, you can go to marvel.com slash playtest to add feedback, but they're actively updating the game. You need two or more players. You assign one person to be the narrator who's sort of like your game manager who's going to run the game for the folks. And then you get to play as Marvel superheroes or you can create your own original character and then you get to ascend the ranks from one to six and of course it's only really limited by your imagination and the stuff that you and your friends come up with and you can absolutely make your own ridiculous canon however you want who's to stop you it's my favorite thing about role-playing games 
Another thing that I think is really cool about this game is, you know, a lot of games in the role-playing world rely on a lot of different sided dice. You might have 20-sided dice or four-sided dice or six-sided dice. For this, you just need three six-sided dice. And the best roll you can get is what? A six, one, six. It's a six, a one, and a six, which it's really nice because if you play role-playing games, you know, usually if you get a one, you're like oh no, this is the worst. But now it's like something good. They call it a fantastic role. And there's a lot of really cool functionality in this game. But at the end of the day, the best part is you just get to like role play with your friends as a Marvel hero or your own original hero. Also, the character profiles are really cool. They're expanding it for the full edition of the game, which is going to come in June. And then there's going to be the first adventure playtest book, The Cataclysm of Kang. That's going to be coming in July. So lots of cool stuff coming there this summer. But go and play the game now. Look for the updated rulebooks over on marvel.com. We'll also link it in the show notes. So if you're interested, you can go check it out. Or you can go to marvel.com slash RPG for more info. But man, oh man, this game is fun. I'm really excited for it to be released into the general world when the full edition comes out in June. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's talk a little bit about comics. There's a great release, Fantastic Four Full Circle, which is a brand new original graphic novel by Alex Ross. He wrote it, he drew it, he did most of the coloring on it. It is now available from Marvel Arts, which is the collaboration between Marvel Comics and Abram Comic Arts. It is so, so good, y'all. It is worth your hard-earned money. It's this beautiful, slightly oversized hardcover graphic novel. Gorgeous, gorgeous stuff. Alex Ross's like color palette, for this is big and poppy and, and and bold and it like loops into the classic Fantastic Four number 51 which is this man this monster and it like brings that into the story in really cool ways I freaking love this book it's so so great ask your local comic shop for it or or buy it where you get your books it's a hell of a book Alex Ross is pretty good at drawing and stuff yeah just a little bit um (laughs) the great thing is this is alex ross doing pencil art as opposed to painting and so wow that's cool he doesn't do that as often you see a lot in in his projects he'll do like we'll get ancillary material like his sketchbooks and his character designs and you can see his the way his pencils look and now take that and then put that in full sequential format with beautiful coloring that he does. And it's not painted colors. Oh, it's wow. something special. I, I can't wait for more from this uh, Marvel arts line. Nice. I definitely got to pick this up. Something that I've been waiting to share with everybody is a new article on Marvel.com. James, you want to tell us about this one? Marvel characters who break the fourth wall. So basically what you're going to be reading about is Marvel characters who break the fourth wall. So obviously we're talking about She-Hulk and Deadpool, but... You get to find out who else. And the crazy thing is some may surprise you. There is nothing better than a character who knows they're in the story and wants to converse with you, the audience. So go to Marvel.com and be able to read about those wonderful characters who break the fourth wall and uh, have some wonderful surprise conversations with your fellow Marvelites about who those characters are. It's fun. We'll put that in the show notes as well for everybody. Over on one of my other shows, Marvel's Pull List, which uh, we give previews and sort of deep dives into the latest Marvel comics. We do a whole bunch of other stuff. Our guest this week is Fosu Jones-Corte, a.k.a. Born Eye, who is a uh, podcaster. He's a rapper. He's just the coolest dude. And like he works for a meditation app. And one point in the conversation, he went like full meditation mode. 
and we were all just like super chilled out. It was really, really great. I was joined <laughs> by guest host Amy Dolan, who is also a big Dungeons and Dragons head yeah. and a huge Marvel Comics fan. And we got to talk about the original 1982 Wolverine series by Chris Claremont and Frank Miller, one of the seminal Marvel works at this point, like truly one of the best. It was really a great conversation and really fun to revisit those issues. Our picks of the week, the, the books that I should say ours, but my co-host Jasmine has the COVID and so she wasn't there to record. So I did that whole part of the show by myself, just basically talking to myself for like 35 <laughs> minutes. So our picks of the week are Captain America Sentinel Liberty number four, New Mutants number 29, and She-Hulk number six. Some really great issues. Of course, you can listen to Marvel's Pull List on SiriusXM, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. No, Ryan, you've never spent 30 minutes talking to yourself about comics. That's that's no. not something that happens on a natural basis. That's the, No, that's I don't do that show. literally every week on my own. <laughs> Surely no. Also, if you're looking for a good podcast, listen. I highly recommend Marvel's Voices. Yes. The theme of season six. It just launched. It's been going on. Marvel, a window to our world focused on the global influences of the Marvel Universe and how the nationality of writers and artists working for Marvel have expanded over the years, leading to more widespread cultural influences on the Marvel Universe. If you haven't listened to the Marvel's Voices podcast, it's really cool. It's a, yeah. a really different, fun take at the Marvel Universe and how it really exists in the real world. And in episode three, our pal Angelique Brochet, the host of the show, talks to Fabian Nicieza. Fabian is wonderful. He's the creator behind characters like Domino, Shatterstar, and Silhouette. He has written for the X-Men, Thunderbolts, Cable, Nomad Plus edited licensed comics for Marvel, including Ren and Stimpy and Barbie, which these Barbie comics from the old days, y'all, like really have some iconic creators and things really? behind them. It's like, it's so low key and I love it. We were doing two Barbie series at the same time. Those were some gateway comics for me yeah. when I was really like five, six, seven. I want to give shout out to Fabian, whom I love. He has seen it all, done it all, will tell you exactly what he's thinking and feeling no matter what. He's a straight shooter and I, I adore him. Great friggin' writer. And he's a friggin' great novelist. He had Suburban Dicks and his latest one is The Self-Made Widow. If you like Fabian's comics, definitely check out his books. He's Wow. The Self-Made Widow is a very good title. Yeah. And of course, you can listen to that new episode over on the SiriusXM app or Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, Marvel's Voices this season will also be introducing us to the new class of Marvel's Stormbreakers. The Stormbreakers is a program we have at Marvel Comics spotlighting the best up-and-coming artists across the comic book industry. Each class has become some of comics' most recognized illustrators for their style, their creativity, and their wide breadth and portfolio of work. Some of the alumni include Peach Momoko, who has been doing incredible work in oh, yeah. the Demon War series or in the cover realm. I was just looking at her cover for Miracle Man number zero, and I was like, and she's got interiors, and it just looks so good. So freaking good. Natasha Bustos, who did a ton of Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Juan Cabal, who just had a great run on Black Panther, and many, many more. And so we just announced this week the new class of Stormbreakers, which includes C.F. Via, who's been doing awesome work on Black Cat comics, X-Men stuff. Chris Allen, who's been doing really cool work on Miles Morales' Spider-Man. Elena Casagrande, who's been working on Black Widow. If you have not read Black Widow by Kelly Thompson and Elena Casagrande, please slap yourself across your face right now and then go read okay, that. Thank I'm you, in. James. Just slap myself. You heard it, everybody. 
Federico Vicentini, who did X Deaths of Wolverine, Jan Basil Dua, who's been working on Legion of X, Hulkling and Wiccan, has been in the industry for a long time, and she's really getting better and better, especially these days. Lucas Warnack, who has less time in the industry, but has been coming on like uh, House of Fire, Immortal X-Men that Lucas has been working on is so gorgeous. He's so good. He wowed us with the first Hellfire Gala variant covers, the Colossus cover. Y'all know what I'm talking about. That Colossus design for Hellfire Gala. Big boy. We've got Nick Klein, who's been doing great work on Thor, and Martin Cocolo, who is doing Deadpool alongside Alyssa Wong. Martin also did Thor, Hulk, Banner of War. So great bunch of artists. So good. Yeah. Look out for what all they are going to be up to. And of course, you can always check them out on Marvel.com for more info about the Stormbreakers and their amazing work. But... That is not all, because as we mentioned, it is D23 Expo. And as such, we had to get the news straight from the source. So this week's interview is with Vice President and Creative Director of Marvel Games, Bill Roseman, as well as Senior Director of Product Development in Marvel Games, Eric Monticelli. We talk a whole bunch more about all of the news that came out of the Disney Marvel Games Showcase at D23 Expo. Man, there are so many cool announcements. Ryan hinted at them at the beginning of the episode, but we're going to really get into it a lot more in depth here in the interview. Let's do it. Hello, fellas. Hello, true Hello. believers. Thanks for having us on. Hi. <laughs> Welcome back to this joyous week in Marvel. It's a big week. D23, lots of adventure. But before we hop into all of the piping hot, fresh news that we want to talk about, for anyone who hasn't heard one of your many prolific talks with us here on This Week of Marvel, for both of you, what are your Marvel origin stories? Bill, kick us off. My Marvel origin story. Gosh, you know what? I'm celebrating two Marvel benchmarks. I'm coming up on my 16th year of my current run at Marvel. Wow. And had my first run, I'm getting close to 25 years. My Marvel origin was seeing reruns of the 1960s Spider-Man cartoon. And when he swung across the TV and waved at me, I was hooked. I was a true believer from kindergarten onwards. Eric, what about you? Yeah, I mean, my Marvel origin story is sort of multi-layered, but the thing I remember the most is going to my local, I think it was like a drugstore or pharmacy in, in where I grew up, and there was a spinner rack, and it had Jim Lee's 1991 X-Men cover, and that was just, that did it, that cover. I mean, it's so iconic and such a great cover that picked up that book, and ever since then, I've been hooked on everything Marvel, and that's kind of where it's gone. And then um, I had a rebirth during the Matt Fraction, David Aja run on Hawkeye. That was the story that I was like, man, we tell really good stories and loved it ever since. Eric is our resident number one fan of Lucky the Pizza Dog. Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Gonna have That's to fight Lorraine for that one. But Eric really loved <laughs> Obviously, you know, Lorraine mentioned D23 Expo. We've been talking a lot about that. And Marvel Games had announcements, reveals, details, a whole bunch of stuff coming out of the big event. But, you know, more importantly, how did it feel to finally unleash some of these big Marvel Games details and updates and looks upon the world, Eric? Yeah, I mean, the feeling of just being at one of these events, especially when you have like such a a wonderful audience that just loves your content is, is really overwhelming. It felt just 
tremendous to get this stuff out there that we had been keeping secret forever and you know like you you hold it inside and then all of a sudden it's like hey everybody gets to see it and they get to react and they have you know post online and share all their their comments about everything and it's marvelous to just understand how we can touch people's lives and, and just sort of like get them excited about things and get them interested in, in what's next and, and what we're doing and i especially am just happy with how the reception to some of our newer announcements went, things that hadn't been out there before. And then also, you know, the games that people knew were in the works and got to get more excited about. It's always a, a joy to see that. Yeah, everything that Eric said. Plus, you know, it's so amazing to see the fans again, right? I mean, here we are. We've been two years. We've been cooped up. Personally, I haven't been doing events in all that time. So to be able to get out there, to meet friends, to see fans, to get to talk to them, see how excited they are about all things Marvel and to hear how... They have enjoyed playing our games during these past two years and seeing them react with excitement and surprise about the announcements. You know, it energizes us. Wind beneath our sails, driving us towards the end of the year. Heck yeah. And you get to see how tall people are too, which has been interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool to see the lower half of people's bodies yeah, again. Um, <laughs> but anyways, let's run down the announcements because there was lots of great stuff. And the first thing I have to say is, one, I personally thank you for creating this game, Marvel World of Heroes. It is a Niantic game. I am a big Niantic fan. I have played many, many, many hours on my phone already <laughs> with them. What can fans expect and what did you share with the world at D23? Well, Marvel World of Heroes is exactly that. It's a mobile game that takes you, you know, out of your house and into the world. And it can be played around the world. And it's for it's for everyone. It's for everyone who ever dreamed of being a Marvel hero, interacting with Marvel hero. Through this game, you play on your phone, you create your version of a Marvel hero, you have an origin story in the game. You're able to customize your avatar. Then you go on team-up missions with famous Marvel heroes, fighting threats to the world. And it's the Marvel world, and it's also in your world. You can walk around your neighborhood, walk around the town you live in, and go on these adventures with friends and family. Yeah, and it's it's pretty remarkable because it's one of those games that gets you off the couch and outside, and you're moving around, and it's just, I, I love games that push that forward too, so really, really cool to see the fan response and everything like that, and then just know people are going to be outside playing the game together with each other. It's really cool. It's a really special sort of realization of our mantra, right? Marvel is the world outside your window, that feeling, right. that thing that we've always gotten. You know, I, I've talked about it to people like... Growing up around New York City and going into my mom's office with her and looking out on the skyscrapers and I had my Marvel cards in front of me and I would look out and I could feel Spider-Man swing by that feeling of Marvel being literally outside your window. And now you guys get to bring that to people. Yes. You'll walk outside. You'll look on your screen. There's Black Widow. Hey, here's Spider-Man swinging by. And I get to interact with them and team up with them. So, yeah, it's that always that dream that I think we all had and we still have. Whether, you know, when I lived in New York City or where I visit, or even now wherever I am, you kind of look up and in your mind's eye, we imagine a Quinjet flying by or Fin Fang Foom flying by Helicarrier. or landing in front of you and play Marvel World of Heroes. And it's happening on your phone right in front of you. Gotta love it. Tell us a little bit about Skydance Marvel Project, because we're pretty excited. Yeah, we were super excited for the, the Skydance Marvel project. We were able to reveal the IP and sort of the characters that are going to be in this ensemble game. You know, it's this adventure game that's set in World War II. And it takes place over 
a few sort of bingeable, you can think of them as like play sessions, sort of things like that. And it's going to be a really, really unique look at the world in that time period, which is very, very specific. And there's some cultural moments that, you know, these heroes are going to have to overcome and, and sort of battle through all together. And super great. We got Gabe from the Holland Commandos in there, Captain America, of course, and um, Azuri, Black Panther. And then a special character, Nanette, who we're not saying too much about yet, but this ensemble are, are going to be characters that you can play, those four characters, and you will go throughout this world and be able to have this, like, super, super... You saw how good that trailer looked. It's just, like, photo real and really crisp. You know, it's going to be easily accessible. We want everyone to play it. It's going to be one of those games that we just hope everybody enjoys. And as Eric said, it's a really cool period in Marvel history. It's something you haven't experienced before in recent Marvel games set during World War II. And yeah, what makes it unique, this is Steve Rogers before he was frozen. So this is a younger Steve Rogers, not his experience. Kind of his eyes are opening as he's traveling around the world. Gabe Jones from the Howling Commandos. And then the Black Panther is Azuri, T'Challa's grandfather. So this Azuri is the father of T'Chaka. So it's Black Panther, but a Black Panther you may not have experienced before. And then the fourth component, we've revealed that she's a spy. As the trailer showed in the poster, it's a, a soldier, a spy, a captain, and a king. And them being brought to life in an amazing game by the legendary Amy Henning is just, it's amazing. It's, we learned so much working with her. And this is a, another example of Marvel Games reaching out to the best talent, connecting them with the characters they love, and letting them tell their story and their vision of the characters that you get to play. It's so incredible. You know, you you mentioned Amy Hennig, the acclaimed video game director and scriptwriter. What has it been like developing this game? How long have you guys been working on it? And, and who have you been working with? Yeah, I mean, I've had the fortune of working with Amy for years now. I worked with her before I joined Marvel when I was at Naughty Dog. And she's a, just a tremendous talent and one of those people that just gets it. She does the research. She does the work. She knows exactly what she wants vision-wise and just has wonderful, wonderful creative. So working with her and the whole team at Skydance, you know, they have just top-notch talent across the board. You know, Julian Beek is the producer over there, and he's been great to work with. But they're just one of those teams that just... They love Marvel, they get it, and they want to make something that's an experience that fans are going to love as they play it. And this is a story, as Eric said, that they're super passionate about. We were talking about some of the inspiration, right? And both teams, we just did a big deep dive on these characters. And one story that really spoke to Amy and the team was a miniseries called Flags of Our Fathers that featured some of these characters back in World War II and just brought up a lot of very interesting dramatic moments of where America is and where the world is during World War II and how these characters are going to interact and explode off each other. So as Eric said, it's a big ensemble piece dealing with an amazing period of history for America and for the world. Really, really cool. But obviously, I think we're kind of far away. So it's cool to get a taste of it. But Marvel fans will have to wait with bated breath for a while for more about that. But something that's probably a little bit closer is Marvel's Midnight Suns. People are excited about it. Can you tell us about some of the updates you shared for that game? Yeah, I mean, Marvel's Midnight Suns, it's 
coming out this year. It's going to launch on December 2nd for PS5 and current gen Xbox, as well as PC. We'll have more details on and when the other platforms are coming out soon. But, you know, that's it's really looking forward to our fans playing it in December. They got a, a taste of the new gameplay and some of the awesome characters and different gameplay you'll get to do in the trailer. And then they did an amazing other sort of uh, story short video there that sort of sets up the prequel and, and sort of like gets into the lore a little bit more, Bill. Like, I think, Bill, you can probably explain this a little better than I can. So, yeah, it really sets the table of who the main characters are. It lays out who the core members of the Midnight Suns, the heroes that are joining them. It lays out the threat of Lilith and her fallen children and really sets the stakes and just really shows, again, how, how passionate the team is at Firaxis in 2K. And also, I mean, you know, as we talked earlier about the Skydance, you know, and exploring a unique area of Marvel history. It's not often we get to throw the spotlight on the more uh, shadowed supernatural side of Marvel. These are characters that people have a lot of passion for. And for the people who were around in the 90s that read Midnight Suns or read the um, collection since then, they're a really, really cool, different group. And for those who haven't experienced it, we, we always love to introduce players to their new favorite characters. So when it's Nico and Magic and Robbie Reyes, Ghost Rider and Blade all getting together with some of the other Marvel heroes that you might know, it's really fun to celebrate Marvel's spooky side. I am so excited for this character roster. Just getting to see, you know, the little slices even before D23 was so exciting. Um, you know, you mentioned you showed off a little bit of the gameplay. For anyone who's not familiar or who hasn't gotten to see little sneak peek, what can you tell us about how the gameplay will function and how the game will play? Yeah, I mean, in traditional sort of like Firaxis game style, the gameplay is is uniquely designed by their... They've created some of the most addictive turn-based strategy gameplay in gaming history. You know, they're just the top-notch studio to, to work on that sort of stuff. So that's sort of how the game will play out. There's some other elements to it that as you discover and sort of unpack and, and you have more characters that are playable and there's this whole huge roster that you can play as, you'll learn about. But, you know, the gameplay itself is just... You saw from how it looks on the screen is just really epic and and remarkable. And you know, playing as the hunter, which is this new character that was created for this game specifically, has its own little flavor. And you get to have all the other Marvel heroes join around you. So, a lot, a lot of cool gameplay that team is doing. Nice. Yeah, it was so fun collaborating with the team on the hunter. And you know, that's a big challenge introducing a new character. We take it very seriously. You know, if we're going to introduce a new character, they have to be good enough to stand alongside our most famous heroes. And so what's really unique about this character is you get to customize them, right? You pick the gender and really customize how they look. And without giving away too much of the story, you discover that you, the hunter, you are at the very center of this eternal struggle. It's very personal, as all great Marvel stories are. There is internal strife and external chaos, and you're at the very middle of it. You know, you're awakened from your slumber and you have to meet all these new heroes and team up with them and work with them and build on your relationships and take a stand against Lilith, who you have a very personal connection to. Very exciting. I'm sure we're going to talk to the folks behind the game a little bit more when we get closer to release, maybe talk to y'all again a little bit about it as we get there. But a game that Lorraine and I have put our hands on a whole bunch is Marvel Snap. I was showing Eric and Bill before we started my current collection level as of recording is about 1300 and change, which is um, a lot of time Bravo. put into playing this game. <laughs> I will say that. That's dedication. Yeah. It's really fun. It's That's really fun. That's some love. The team at Second Dinner, they're 
like Wolverine, the best there is at what they do. And the card collector battler game that they've invented, it's so quick. It's so fast. We love how it has nods to like classic 90s Marvel trading cards that we all collected as kids. But then they, they bring them to life as you battle. And I love seeing the heroes and villains come to life as you're playing and how they bring their powers and their personalities into the action. And hopefully, like the actual trading cards did back in the day, we will introduce people to new heroes they have never seen before and now love. So it's fun, it's fast, and you can learn it in a snap. That's one of the coolest things about uh, Marvel Snap is that the matches are only around three minutes each. And so like you can just get in there, you can play, there's no waiting. Um, it's so fast, it's so furious, and it's just really rewarding when you beat someone and you, you snap against them and you get eight cubes or four cubes or whatever you get. It's, it's, it's really cool to see that and have that experience. We had such a blast because we got to get into the game a little bit early. I think the first day that we got access, I was like, I know I'm going to be obsessed with this game because this is just the kind of game that I can get lost in for hours. <laughs> I sat down and I started playing and then I messaged Ryan. I was like, have you started playing yet? And I was like, just wait, just wait. And then he messaged me immediately after. I was like, I just started playing and I'm so addicted. I was like, I know. We just had such a blast playing it when we first got access. What new things did you show for the future of the game? Yeah, I mean, we showed uh, some looks at some of the characters, different sort of cards you'll be able to have out there. And, you know, it was it had a really cool voiceover. Uh, Aquafina did the voiceover on it. So talked a little bit about her experience and, and seeing the game and playing it. But we're just trying to get people hyped for what the game is and then you know we told them when it comes out so that's really what it what it comes down to so we're we're excited to see people get their hands on it when that game comes out and what's so cool about the video is it really showcased not only gameplay but all the different cool art styles you know there is the base marble art which is awesome looks like a comic come to life and then there's all these subsets and there's 8-bit and there's chibi and peach momoko has a set you name it there's all these great sets that, that you can collect and make the deck your own the thing as you play it and you get a lot of cards, as I have a lot of cards, you know, you look at the art, I can pinpoint the era of the art that it is inspired by, but it's all fresh art, all new art, but the artists do such an amazing job at evoking the feelings and the vibes of artists and covers and interiors. It's it's a spectacular thing as someone who is so deeply entrenched in, in the world of our comics. I just want to commend y'all. It looks great. Well, thank you. I mean, that again, that second dinner and how smart they were with the artists that they invited to draw cards, right? Like us, they grew up with everything Marvel, right? Cartoons, cards, comic books. And so they want to celebrate Marvel in all its different forms and to evoke, you know, that wide look at Marvel. But it's, as you said, yeah, it's all new art, but you'll definitely see things that are inspired by certain artists, certain eras. And, you know, in that way, it's a game that everyone can play. No matter how you've gotten into Marvel, you'll see it brought to life in, in all these different cards and all these different cool art styles. Heck yeah. I can't believe that's so many announcements already. <laughs> that's like a ton of stuff that you guys have brought out into the universe, but you're you're not done yet. Uh, you also had an announcement for Marvel Strike Force. What's coming next? Yeah, so Red Hulk is coming to Marvel Strike Force. You know, I think that's a character that everybody loves and is near and dear, and one of the few characters that could go toe to toe with the actual Hulk in the Marvel Universe. So it's really cool to see that character come out and, and come to life in Marvel Strike Force. So right, another example of how the Strike Force team really digs deep into the comics, right? So a lot of us are, were just watching She-Hulk on Disney Plus, and so we know Hulk, 
We know Bruce Banner. We know Jennifer Walters. But there may be a percentage of our audience who has never encountered the Red Hulk. But it came from during a great run of Hulk. And uh, it was the Jeff Loeb, Ed McGinnis run on Hulk. And there was the whole mystery of, well, who is the Red Hulk? Well, he's going to leap into the game with explosive results. The biggest mystery, I believe, around Red Hulk is not who he is, but how his mustache disappears when he goes Hulk. And then it comes back when he is General Ross. I have always been That's fascinated weird. by that. <laughs> well, I... This, Ryan wants to know what's going to happen to him if he's a Hulk. As I understand it, you know, when you transform into the Hulk, the mass has to come from somewhere. So in the comics, I think it was Thunderbolt's Ross's just awesome mustache. That mustache was so epic. That's where, where all his huge Hulk growing came from. The mustache powers the red. That makes a lot of sense. I could, yeah, I buy that. <laughs> yes. In my mind, that's where the stash went. Through his whole body. So what you're saying is it's like, you know, those Play-Doh toys you have when you're a kid where you can push out the Play-Doh and it's like yeah. pushes out hair. It's like that in reverse. So his <laughs> body just goes. Yeah, the mustache went in and then transformed into muscles. I love Amazing. it. Amazing. 10 out of 10. That's good science <laughs> right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's so much that you guys had just for D23 Expo. But we're not done yet because tis the season of all the fun. So we have New York Comic-Con coming up in just a few weeks now, yes. which can't stop, won't stop, unable to stop because the fans have demands. What can fans expect coming up for New York Comic-Con? Anything you can tease or hyper share? Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll have more news and information, of course, on some of the titles coming out this year, Marvel Snap, uh, for sure. Some details and some cool things about that game there. And then also it's the ninth anniversary of Marvel's Puzzle Quest. Wow, so, nine years yeah, strong. Nine years, nine years strong. And um, there's going to be potentially some details and things around that anniversary at or around New York Comic-Con. Um, we'll have uh, some other things. Secret things. Very secret, secret things, things that we'll wait for. Yeah. But yeah, as you said, Lorraine, it's whether you play mobile, console, we announced a lot and there's more to come. Marvel Puzzle Quest info is crazy because I remember being there. It's like outside Boston where they develop it, if I remember correctly, or at least it, it was. And going there and when they turned on the public servers and, and was there for the launch of it. It's really cool. Kudos to them. Yeah, man. It's amazing. Puzzle Quest, nine years. Comes to Champions coming up on eight, Future Fight coming up on seven. You know, it's not often that we get to launch a game that that's, stays around for years and years, but that's just a tribute to our great collaborators, their passion, the players' love of Marvel. And, you know, we're always looking, looking at everything, right? We look at things coming out on Disney Plus, we're looking at Marvel Studios films, and we're also always deep diving into all eras of the comics. And that's sort of the gasoline in the engine to all the games, just constantly feeding new characters, new missions, new costumes. That's what keeps us going. And we're just going to keep delivering it to all the fans through all the games they love. And we thank the fans for playing the games. Without them, there'd be no us. So thank you, true believers. Before we let y'all go, what are you guys playing right now? Or, or what Marvel comics are you super hyped on these days? 
Man, um, I've played, uh, continued on my ever-going long quest to play uh, Tetris for the rest of my life. Uh, I play Tetris constantly. Just any version of Tetris I will play. But I also got to play some really cool stuff we're working on that's in development, secret stuff. But I can just say the future of Marvel games looks really, really bright. And I'm very excited about all the games in development. And then, yeah, as far as reading stuff, I love the new X-Men Marauders, like... They're just doing a great job with all of it, you know, and in Duderman's covers, holy crap. <laughs> so good. <laughs> all the stuff, all the X-Men stuff, Hickman, like everything they're doing, all those guys and gals, they've been great. I tell you, I've been really psyched about the Captain America, the relaunch of the, of the two books. I think they're really great, hitting different notes, but everything you want from uh, Captain America comic, both one starring Steve and starring Sam. They're really fun. Man, I'm reading a ton. You know, anything that Donny Cates writes, Anything Jason Aaron. Oh, I love the new Punisher series. That's really great. Moon Knight is awesome. Demon Days is great. Demon mm-hmm. Days, Peach, Peach's stuff. Yes, indeed. Some really cool stuff. Very cool upcoming stuff as well from Marvel Games. I'm sure we'll have you on many more times in the future, fellas. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, everyone, for having this conversation. Can't wait to show everybody all the cool stuff and more that we have going on. Can't wait to hear what all the fans think about it. Big thanks once again to Bill and Eric from Marvel Games for coming on and and giving us the lowdown on all the big stuff coming out of D23 Expo from them. And if you want even more news, um, you can head over to marvel.com or d23expo.com to see more announcements as they come out throughout the weekend because D23 Expo is still going on. Yeah. Next week, we are going to have on writer Kieran Gillen talking about Axe Judgment Day, which I don't know how we're getting out of this, but I'm looking forward to it. That book is bananas. <laughs> it's so good. But thinking that, of course, we're going to have a bonus episode, hopefully, of, of everything. We're going to be talking about big updates from D23 Expo 2022. My question of the week is, what were your favorite updates from D23 Expo 2022? We know there's a Marvel Studios panel coming mm-hmm. any moment now once this episode comes out. I can't wait to hear all the news out of it. Obviously, everything we got to hear from Marvel Games is so exciting. I'm real pumped for all those good games. It's going to be so good. You can share your answers with us. You can tweet your answers using hashtag ThisWeekInMarvel. Email them to us at twimpodcast at marvel.com or send a message to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash thisweekinmarvel. Please make sure to tell us if it's okay to read your message on the show. If you don't put that on there, we can't read your message. Then you'll say, oh my God, I wrote you guys. You didn't say anything. You didn't even acknowledge my presence. We do acknowledge your presence. We just need your confirmation that it's okay to read your words on the air for the rest of our listeners. Yeah. James, since you've been busy, you missed a couple of our previous questions of the week. I want to do a quick lightning round, get some of your takes on our recent questions of the week. Okay. One, what's your favorite costume from the MCU? Oh, it has got to be from Marvel Studios' Moon Knight, the white suit with the tie when he just walks out like in the suit. That bad boy made me so happy. (laughs) I could see you rocking that suit. I yeah. mean, too, when I, I saw it, I was like, oh, I can wear that. That, I can rock. <laughs> All right, next question. What's your favorite moment from the first episode of Marvel Studios She-Hulk Attorney at Law? When uh, Bruce is trying to uh, train her and she kind of realizes that she can do anything that Bruce can do. There's a moment where when Bruce realizes she could change at will, there's a look that Mark Ruffalo gives her. That is, just, <laughs> it, it was It was so like, wow, but... 
damn, like the the jealousy yeah. that he felt. <laughs> I kept rewinding it back. I was like, that is a great moment. (laughs) All right. What is your all-time favorite Spider-Man story? Oh, I know this is going to sound crazy, but this is going to, it broke my heart and it's always stayed with me. It was basically when Mephisto told them that they, in order to save everybody, they couldn't be together anymore. That, I I think that was one of those times where a comic book, it's like I said, you know, being married for 20 years, this particular story has stayed with me. Mm Mm-hmm so much also why can't peter just be happy i mean i'm sick of this man i've been doing this since i was 14 years old can peter just be look you can take you can you can whoop his behind take him just leave him and mary jay alone let him have this one thing he can be broke he can have no job just let him have this one thing Please. Also, the name of it is so tragic. One more day, oh, which I also so... in my head constantly call one day more because of Les Mis. <laughs> but, <laughs> but no, that moment where they have to and, you know, he's like, I'll, you know, I'll find you. Uh, it just broke my heart. That's my favorite oh, Spider-Man storyline. So mm. good. Mm. OK, so what's your favorite cameo appearance in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? This was inspired by we had Bruce Campbell on the show. And why is your answer Ryan Panagos in Marvel oh Studios? Oh, my God, Ms. Ryan. <laughs> it's Ryan Panagos because um, <laughs> Ryan is such an inspirational uh, person to to watch him go from um, <laughs> mustache pirate and when I first met him in the early 2000s to the wonderful father that he is now, lets me see the progression of a character, of a person who looked at the fourth wall and said, I will speak to my audience, but also the introspectiveness about his character to be so humble to only mention himself in a Marvel Universe situation as many times as possible, but still with that irony that's saying, look, I mentioned it only so you could enjoy this show. It's It's got to, it's got to be Ryan. It's got to be. Thank you. That's kind of uh, James, I just Venmo wow. you the money for that one. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. All right. Last but certainly not least, what is your favorite convention memory or experience that you've gotten to have at a convention? It was New York Comic Con. Two things happened in the same day. I got to rap with one of my heroes. I got to rap with DMC. And we rapped about, he mentioned... A shield here, Captain America. When Captain America throws his mighty shield... And he did that, and I was so happy. And then I went downstairs, and someone said, there's someone looking for you. So Rob Paulson says, we've worked together. Or he told somebody that said we worked together. And I was like, I know I've not worked with Rob Paulson. I would have known that. I know your voice. You are, you know, so many different characters that I love. Found out that we did work together, but because it was voiceover, we never saw each other. We did Tom and Jerry's The Return to Wizard of Oz. And so I went downstairs to meet him. And not only was he there, but Kevin Michael Richardson was there. And Kevin Michael Richardson is one of the most amazing voiceover artists in the industry, but also he's an African-American, a guy I look up to. And the great thing was, as I'm nervous to meet these two legends, Kevin Michael Richardson says, oh, you're James Iglehart. I'm like, yeah, he goes, Everybody down here thinks I'm you because he's in my home. He's in New York City. And the genie had just happened. So everybody kept telling him, I loved you in Aladdin. And he was like, who is he's always recognized at Comic-Con. So who is this dude that people think he is? And here I come. And he's like, oh, you're that guy. So I was like, because I've always competed against him and lost. And so there he is looking at me. And so he was fine. I was like, now you know what it feels like. This is my home, (laughs) homie. So it was so great. (laughs) 
We all took a picture together. And I think that was my favorite experience, too. In the same moment, like literally left the studio upstairs rapping with DMC to come down to meet these two voiceover legends. I just also one side note, uh, I was walking past the Marvel stage and there was Peter David. And from that moment on, Peter David and his family and I have been friends for the last six or seven years. And he means the world to me. He's written novels that kept me going when I was on tour. We had never even met. And then to meet the man and just say that I know him and he calls me just to say hello or happy birthday. I will never, ever forget that experience in, in my life. He's also one of the guys I called when I was writing my story for Marvel. And he was so sweet to help me. He didn't have to. And this is a guy who wrote books on how to write comic books that people read. And the fact that he would call me and go, yo, yo, you know, check out this outline. And I was like, oh, it's Peter David. So those are my favorite experiences. Yeah. Heck yeah. Pretty damn good. Let's roll on into our community section because the question of the week last week was, what are you most looking forward to out of the D23 Expo? And I was pulling these responses a little bit and I was just like, okay, I'm just going to put in a bucket because we had so many responses like more Scarlet Witch in every single possible <laughs> permutation. Just people <laughs> screaming and like gnashing their teeth. More Scarlet Witch. People are looking forward to casting announcements for the MCU. People want more seasons for literally everything <laughs> MCU on Disney Plus, which I get it, y'all. I get it. Yeah. People want first looks at MCU stuff. A lot of hype, a lot of love, a lot of excitement, a lot of hope for Marvel Studios, the Marvels, especially people excited, want more, they want answers, they want details, they want they want things. So I put all those in one big bucket, um, so many answers there. And then, you know, we started getting into the rest of them. Lorraine, who we got first? First up, we got Latoya Worthy at Lady Toya, who said, everything, I will be there in person. I'm so excited for you, Latoya. I'm very jealous as well. I hope you have the best, best time. Latoya is great. Loyal listener of ours. Wonderful. Latoya, hopefully we get to meet up over at D23. I'll see you somewhere on the floor. I mean, have a high five. We also have from Alec Gunter. He's looking forward to Skydance's secret Marvel game. Aren't we all? Mm, well, now you got some info on that one, Alec. Next up, we've got I am Prechothethen, which is... Totally a normal thing for me to say at I Am a Purchasin. Uh, and they said Marvel's Midnight Suns. Of course, talking about the new game that's been announced. Hopefully you got a lot out of our last interview. Mm -hmm. We also have uh, Kaylin at NYCKNP, the joint panel of Disney and Marvel video games. I should also say, you can also watch the panel over on Marvel.com and our YouTube. We've got lots of video and content from all of that over on the site if you missed that after you now have listened to us talk about it and get some details. Mm -hmm. Kishon Watkins at KWatkins51299 says, I'm very much excited to see what new and upcoming projects Marvel's working on for Phase 5 and beyond. As well as seeing what exciting new games they're working on, I can already tell you, this year's D23 is going to be fantastic. I like what you did there, Kishon. Ooh, I like that. Nice. Next up, we've got one from Ivan at IvanSarmi98, who says, I'm excited to meet the new faces for the upcoming projects at Marvel Studios, such as actors, directors, and more. Always really exciting to see who's there at the panel, at the carpet. Fun to see the press interviews that'll come out of it, yeah. no doubt. Looking forward to it myself. Evan Falarka at Evan Falarka. Games, games, games. <laughs> really want games. I'm serious. 
Well said, Evan. Javik12 at Javik underscore 12 says, I want to see the games the most. Totally hyped about it. Yeah, Javik. We get an email from Grayson Woznesensky who said, I'm most excited for more Phase 5 and Phase 6 announcements. And then Grayson gave us an update on his Canadian quest, <laughs> saying, I watched X-Men Origins Wolverine. The film was... He doesn't say any kind words about it, but it had a Canadian in it, so I watched it. Can you recommend a better Wolverine origin story? And so Grayson asked for Wolverine origin stories. There's the Incredible Origin series by Paul Jenkins and Andy Kubert that really like pulled back the curtain on Wolverine's early, early days. Wolverine number 50 from the 90s is a real cool one. That one, Larry Hama did some some great work sort of going into the Weapon X project. Weapon X, the original Weapon X storyline oh, by Barry so Windsor good. Smith. Yeah, that is, that's, that's that the That is some of the best. So good. Next up, we got an email here from Joe Hoffman, which said, I'd like to start off this email by answering the question of the week about which MCU costume do I like the most? That was our question of the week last week. And well, that's a super hard question because all of the MCU characters look amazing in the movies and on the Disney Plus shows. But the MCU character that made me smile the most was the Lebowski-inspired Thor in Marvel Studios' Thor Love and Thunder as Odin's son truly abides. <laughs> and I'd like to thank Ryan for reading my previous email on TWIM, where I talked about Marvel Studios' She-Hulk attorney at law, reminding me of spending time with a female cousin of mine. I especially liked it when Ryan took the time to advise me to reach out to my cousin if I could. It sounded like you were talking to a good friend, Ryan, which meant a lot, as I consider you and Lorraine and Jasmine from Marvel's Pullist to be part of my family because I listen to you all the time while I'm working from home. So thank you very much for the sage advice, Ryan, and for being so awesome. I did message my cousin to let her know about the new Disney Plus Marvel Studios She-Hulk Attorney at Law series. It reminded me of us two hanging out together back in the day. And today she responded that she was too busy raising her kids with her husband to have time to watch the show. But she did say she cherished the moments of us hanging out together like I did. So thanks so much, Ryan, for helping me reconnect with my cousin. It means a great deal to me. And I'm going to do my darndest to make sure that life doesn't get in the way of us being present in each other lives again. Much love to you, Lorraine Jasmine, and all the fantastic folks at Marvel Studios, She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, for being a part of this reconnection. You all truly rock, and in me, Marvel has a lifelong fan. Next time, True Believers, Joe. That is so lovely. And he says, from Kansas, proud member of the United States of Marvel, um, mm -hmm. <laughs> which I greatly appreciate. What a sweet, wonderful story. I'm so glad that Ryan inspired you to go reach out to your cousin. That is extremely sweet. And also, I love that. I feel like that too. Like I listen when I listen to podcasts or watch shows, I feel so close to them because I hear about their lives. I hang out with them. I hear the things they have to say. And I love that you feel that way about us. Yeah. We truly appreciate hearing from you every week, and it's very meaningful to us as well. All right. We got a couple of emails in here from William Rose. Uh, William says, it's been how many months since my last twin email? Three? Well, I got to put my Quicksilver shoes to good use because they are incredible things to look forward to at the D23 Expo. For starters, I'm looking forward to whatever is coming from Marvel Studios. My fingers are crossed for an America Chavez and Wong series spinoff that focuses more into the lives of two important characters that could last possibly a decade. He goes on and says, the most important question 
questions are, who is or are truly the first Asian superheroes in the MCU? Quake, of course. And is an alternate pro-Shield timeline under the TVA's radar? Hmm, interesting questions from William. He says, last but not least, the anticipation of who will be the new Fantastic Four. That is a big one. One we're all waiting with bated breath to get answers to. William says, anyways, what I'm really looking forward to is the reveal of a new Kingdom Hearts announcement. And the D23 poster has included a keyblade in the upper level of the castle. Side note, Kingdom Hearts is a game that brings in all kinds of Disney characters and worlds mm-hmm. in collaboration with Square Enix. It's bananas and wild. I played the first one a teeny tiny bit on my PlayStation 2 20 years ago. But it's a lot of story going on in those. So I don't know where they even are with them. But William says, to end my email, I have a question for you guys. Since Big Hero 6 is the first Disney Marvel property to land in the Kingdom Hearts franchise in Kingdom Hearts 3, what Marvel properties do you wish to see in a Kingdom Hearts game? That said, thank you for reading the letter and for being the best official Marvel podcast for the past decade. Stay safe. Confess your sinister sins or you'll be in stasis mode. And Excelsior. We have no idea if there's going to be any Marvel stuff further in a Kingdom Hearts game. It could be cool, but they're just loaded with stuff already. Also, William sent another email about the character Yukio and, and talking about different romances that the characters had in previous issues and other stuff. William, I referenced the, the conversation we had with Born Eye on Marvel's pull list. We talk about Yukio a bit in that one because that's her first appearance in the Wolverine limited series where she's just, there's a lot going on with her. She's awesome, but she's conflicted. She's a great character. I'm glad you love her as well. There's the Caption Life show at Captioned Life. We were listening to This Week in Marvel podcast and heard that Lorraine was at C2E2 and my kid thought it was so cool to hear that we were at the same con as people on the podcast. Too bad we didn't get to meet her when we were there. Oh, I was not at C2E2 this year. That was a couple years ago, but that's so nice. I'm so glad your kid got to have fun at C2E2. It's a really great con. Matthew at M.W. Bauer. Loved listening to Andy Park on the Twim podcast with Agent M and Lorraine Sink, his explanation on Wanda Maximoff and her tribute to Vision in her Marvel Studios Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness outfit was awesome, too. Yeah, that was a great interview. Go listen to it. It's in our feed last week. Next up, we have the Tech Lord who prefers Mastodon and likes Pendragon, who said, thanks this week in Marvel. Now I want pizza. Of course, talking about our last episode, you're welcome. This is This Week in Pizza, Mm. where we only talk about pizza. Oh, oh. All right. One more email. This one is from Jennifer, and she says, Hi, Ryan and Lorraine. I'm just 10, but I love your show. My favorite (gasps) Marvel costume is Black Panthers. Rest in peace. I love the black and purple. I really like the Spidey comic books. Bye. Jennifer. (gasps) Jennifer. Jennifer. Jennifer, you are officially now our favorite commenter of all time. 100%. I'm so glad to know that you found the podcast. We're so happy to have you. I'm so thrilled that you're reading and reading comics, and comics count as reading. Never let anyone tell you differently. It's so wonderful to hear from you. You're amazing. Yes. All right. That is it for us this week. James. So glad you were here. Hopefully we'll have yeah. you on more. Yes. Yeah. I worked out my schedule so I could be on more with you guys so I can experience this wonderful world more times. Yes. Perfect. This episode of This Week in Marvel was produced by Zachary Goldberg, Isabel Robertson, Lorraine Sink, and Ryan Panagos. Our senior manager of audio production and development is Brad Barton. Jill Duboff is our director of audio. 
And special thanks to D23 Expo, D23 and me. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, I'm Ryan. I'm Lorraine. And I am James. This is Marvel. Your, Your universe. universe. Right now, you are witnessing history. I am standing here, I can't believe it with DMC. I saw this brother back in the fact of Oakland, California. He was mopping the brothers like a bottle of ammonia. Uh. And I was sitting back thinking, I just want to be like that. I just want to make the people stop. I even rapped at 12 years old, call myself D, call myself the Prince of Rock. Whoa, so Prince I can be down with the kings. But then uh. after a while, I started dancing and I started to sing. But when I grabbed that mic, I knew I had to get back on. Because nobody raps better than the DMC, the Dawn.